From the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Greeny with Mike Greenberg on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch the show on the ESPN app. What is going on, everybody? A happy Thursday to one and all in NYC. Dan Grossip in for Greeny once again right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're taking a run up until noon. Two big hours. Sports Talk Conversation. Ray Dinahan, Anthony Pusick, they're along for the ride. They're producing the program today. What a time to be alive right now if you are a New York sports fan. I mean, do we have any shortage of things that we could be sitting here discussing? I mean, one of these stories alone that we have on the docket for today could probably dominate the entire two hours. We could sit here and probably do a full two hours on the NFL draft. Jets side of things, Giants side of things, throughout the rest of the league, how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round? Are there going to be big trades? I mean, normally the NFL draft is the big mover and shaker. It is the apex of the NFL offseason. We could sit here and probably do close to two hours just on Aaron Rodgers and the continued euphoria that is emanating from Jets Nation over the arrival of their latest messiah. And he met the media yesterday. He aced the press conference. Too bad that doesn't count in the standings, wins and losses wise. But I was out there, nailed it. And you could see the excitement building already for this guy. We could do a whole two hours on that. You got a big hockey game tonight between the Rangers and the Devils. A game number five out at the Prudential Center. Swing game, as the kids like to say, in a 2-2 series. Spent a lot of time talking about that. But we got to start on the hardwood. Because back at the beginning of the season, when we kind of sized up the local basketball scene here in this city, and I'm going to throw the Nets into this because, you know what, technically it's still local. Nets had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Knicks went out there in the summertime and they got themselves Jalen Brunson. They didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell. A lot of fans thought that they should have. I was sitting here leading the charge, thought that they should have as well. But they signed Jalen Brunson. They signed a guy, Isaiah Hartenstein, from out west. You know, a lot of fans here probably didn't know too, too much about him. He was kind of a journeyman up until this point. Not really anything that's going to move the needle. But Brunson was the big ticket, right? They didn't really have much of a draft. But going into the season, you looked at it as, well, if one of these two basketball teams is indeed going to make a run at some point this year, conventional thinking would tell you it was going to be Brooklyn. Because they had the star power. They had two of the top, you know, 10, 15 players in all the league. And if they could just learn how to coexist, and you want to throw even Ben Simmons' name into the conversation, be my guest. But you thought that if everything broke right, the Nets could do something pretty special. You know, some people actually threw their name in championship in the same line. Knicks, on the other hand, what did we say the potential was? Finish in the top six, finish out of the play-in tournament, you know, get yourself a guaranteed best of seven round one. And if you could somehow maybe just maybe steal around, that'd be a fun year. Ain't it funny what happens along the way, right? Isn't it amazing how expectations change on the go? And what you thought was acceptable once upon a time, once you arrive to this point in the season, how you reevaluate things completely, right? Nets are on the golf course. They're down in Cancun. They're scattered all over the globe doing whatever it is they do in the summertime. 
And we know that the complexion of that team changed considerably throughout the year. Knicks, on the other hand, you know what? They had their moments. They had their ups. They had their downs, just like any team is going to have during a long season. And along the way at the trade deadline, they made a move. It wasn't a big, splashy move on the surface. It wasn't a superstar acquisition by any stretch. And, of course, we're talking about Josh Hart. But think about how perfect a fit Josh Hart has been for this team. Think about how Jalen Brunson has exceeded every expectation possible for what he could possibly bring to this team. Think about Julius Randle in the season that he had. And oh, by the way, we'll get to his presence in this series, or lack thereof. And the continued development of the young players. Emmanuel Quickly, a sixth man of the year finalist. R.J. Barrett, who just so happens to be saving maybe his best basketball for the three most important games that the Knicks played all season long and how maybe the interpretation of where his trajectory is heading is now being altered considerably. And the bottom line is this. Knicks went into Cleveland last night with all the momentum, winners of two straight at Madison Square Garden, 3-1 lead, statistics and history on their side, And what did we say yesterday? Go get the job done. Don't allow this Cleveland team to even think for a second that they could possibly pull this out, that they could possibly engineer some sort of, you know, historical turnaround and win three straight and knock you out of the playoffs. Nope. 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 Mission accomplished. Because you knew early on in that first quarter, at least I did, And you never want to count your chickens too early, but you just had a feeling watching the first 12 minutes of that game when the Knicks put up, you know, 30 plus in the first quarter that, you know what, this was still going to be their night. And I don't know how much more data you needed in watching this series before you realized Knicks are just a better team. Nothing more, nothing less. The Knicks were a superior basketball team over the course of five games to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it was evident early it would be more of the same. And I really had never a doubt, to be quite honest with you. And I even tweeted this out last night, and I had been thinking about this as the series had kind of moved on. But it really holds true. This, to me, was almost like a replay of the series from a couple of years ago when the Knicks lost to the the Atlanta Hawks, except the roles were reversed. This time, the Knicks were the Hawks, and Cleveland was that Knickerbocker team from a couple of years ago, who maybe the lights just seemed a little too bright once you got to the playoffs. And how jacked up are you as fans right now? Seriously. So you don't have to think about the worst-case scenario, right? We outlined that going into this series, and maybe as the regular season was winding down when we started to maybe shape up that, all right, it looks like it's going to be Knicks-Cavs in the first round. This is what's going to happen here. Can you imagine if they have a weak performance against the Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell goes out there and scores, you know, 35 a game and sends the Knicks home for the summer? That would be an awful scenario to have to wrap your mind around. Nope. Didn't happen. Donovan Mitchell didn't beat you. As a matter of fact, it was the other way around. Complete opposite. And look, I understand, as I said, you get a little bit greedy. And the expectations change and all those other things. But right now, with what this team has already accomplished this year, from an individual standpoint, with the players that have gone out there and achieved what they have, The continued development of your young players, the acquisition of a guy like Josh Hart, who, if he is not a keeper, 
If the Knicks don't go out there and give this guy whatever the heck he needs to be able to keep him part of this fold, I mean, he is a prototypical New York basketball player to a T. Add all that stuff up, you win around against the guy who you thought was maybe going to be even wearing your uniform earlier this year. This is a successful season. You're one of the last four teams standing in the Eastern Conference. Think, wrap your mind around that. The New York Knicks are one of the last four teams still playing basketball in the Eastern Conference. And oh, by the way, a funny thing happened along the way. You know what that was? Get real close. Get real close. The Knicks have home court advantage in the second round of the playoffs. Let that simmer for a second. If I told you that back in October, you would have thought I probably should be drug tested. Right? Because normally, second round of the playoffs, home court advantage. I mean, if it's chalk, you're talking about being the one seed or the two seed. Nobody thought the Knicks were going to be the one or the two in the Eastern Conference. But because of the Miami Heat, the fighting Jimmy Butlers, who are not going to be easy, not going to be easy. You see how that guy's playing basketball? Jimmy Butler looks like a man possessed right now. And he's going to be the best player in this series, hands down. Hands down. But the Heat gave you a gift. Little early summer present in disposing of Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. So not only are the Knicks moving on to the second round of the playoffs, they're taking on a team which I think anybody with their druthers would rather be playing as opposed to Milwaukee. And games one and two, and potentially if needed, a game seven is going to be at the world's most famous arena. Again, if I would have told you that back in the summer You would have thought I was crazy. But that's not crazy. That's reality right now. That is the world that we are living in at the moment. The New York Knicks favored to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially. Now, look, we got a lot of work to do. Not going to be easy. But now you start to see it maybe come into focus a little bit. Remember when we talked to guys, I remember, you know, asking analysts and so on and so forth and just kind of picking people's brains second half of this season. Like, well, what's what's at the ceiling for this Knicks team? Like, what, what can they do? And some guys actually threw out Eastern Conference Finals. And you're like, ah, you know, I don't know. Eastern Finals? What? Eastern Conference? What, you mean to tell me, like, the, the, the same conference that has the Bostons, the Milwaukees, the Phillies, and Conference Finals? Well, guess what? One of them is already out of the way, and you didn't even have to deal with them in Milwaukee. And now you got to go toe-to-toe with a Miami team that you were better than during the season. And if you handle your business and do what you're supposed to do here over the next couple of weeks, yeah, then guess what? You are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. Wow. If you're a Knicks fan... Your feet probably haven't even touched the ground yet this morning. And if you're a Knicks fan and a Jet fan, I mean, forget about it. You probably didn't even sleep. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. want to hear from you. Because right now, it's the Knicks world. And it's been a long time. Been 10 years since they won a postseason series. 10 years since they last found themselves in this situation. And we know that things got ugly then against the Indiana Pacers, and it was a bad matchup, and they ran out of gas and all that stuff. But you know what? This is different. 
I can't see that happening to this team. And look, we're going to be breaking this thing down constantly over the next few days until game one on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock at Madison Square Garden, which you're going to hear every bounce of the ball right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now we got to wonder about Julius Randle's ankle one more time. Is he healthy? Is he going to be able to contribute? Couldn't finish the game last night. But to me, that's a positive. Right? The fact that the Knicks were able to do what they did in disposing of Cleveland and Julius Randle, for the most part, over the last eight quarters, wasn't even on the floor for, what, three of them? And they still got the job done. Plenty to get to this morning. A lot of basketball. Of course, we'll do plenty on the NFL draft tonight. Jets at 15, Giants at 25, for now at least. How long has it been? They've heard this song. And it actually means something. You know, because they like try to like bring it up from time to time. Like, you know, if they have a two-game winning streak in past years, it's like, go New York, go New York, go. Like, you know, things are going to start to turn around. But, you know, you really deep down didn't think it was legit. It made the playoffs in the past. It's still not the same thing. Not the same thing. But this, this calls for it. You're in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. You got home court advantage. You can taste, taste maybe a trip to the conference finals. But if you stayed up late enough last night, for those of you that could actually find NBA TV... And you watched what Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat did, especially in the fourth quarter of that game last night? They're not going to be an easy out. They're not going to be an easy out. And by the way, let me just say this. Give credit to Miami, right? They're moving on. Milwaukee lost that game last night more than Miami won it. Milwaukee, I'll I'll take it a step further. Milwaukee choked that game away last night. I I mean, you got a 16-point lead going into the fourth quarter at home, backs against the wall. And I mean, they were just doing stupid stuff, throwing the ball out of bounds, not even aware of certain situations. And and Butler, that shot he made late in regulation, uh, it's one of the great clutch baskets you're ever going to see. But part of that was because Milwaukee let it happen. I mean, they just were like asleep at the wheel. They look like the Milwaukee team that was the version of the same team we saw in the playoffs before they finally got over the hump and won a championship, right? That they were underachievers in the postseason. I mean, they were just out of sorts. Now, I didn't think in a million years it was going to happen, especially in five games, but it did. And if you're a Knicks fan, you're not complaining because you much rather would take a stab at Miami because you're going to get four home games, if need be, at Madison Square Garden. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. What did the head coach think about advancing to round number two? The tradition of the Knicks, what it uh, means not only to the city, but the league. We have what I feel are the best fans in the world. We have the best city in the world, the best arena in the world. And I think the way this team plays, it resonates with all our fans. They play hard, they, they play smart, and they play together. And I think if you do that in New York, it'll be it's it's always recognized. It, so it, it's good. There's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, we have a lot of areas to improve upon. So we're looking forward to the next challenge. I don't know if everybody's together. I don't think that embodies the city. I mean, just driving in this morning, I could tell you that, you know, some of the stuff I saw on the road, I don't think everybody's all pulling for the same, <laughs> same direction. I could promise you that. But hey, nevertheless, it sounds good. And you got yourself at least four more basketball games starting Sunday at MSG. All right, let's get some phone calls up here. A lot of people want to chime in at 800-919-3776. Started off with Ehab in Staten Island up first, 98.7. Ehab, how we doing? I'm doing great. 
great. Better than ever. How are you? Awesome. What's going on? Well, you know, one of the things that I think sometimes is overlooked is how bad the point guard position has been for the New York Knicks over the last two decades. If you look back at Melo's years, he had one year with Jason Kidd. That was the year they actually went to the a little further in the playoffs. But the team never really gave Melo a decent point guard. And now we have a decent point guard, and everything's changed. Everything, like, Randall looks great. The role players look great. Bronson has just been the perfect piece for this uh, for this team because he's a solid point guard that the team's always needed for a very long time. Uh, You're preaching to the choir, Rehab, and thanks a lot for the phone call. I I mean, it's gotten to the point now with Jalen Brunson that you're not even surprised about what he's doing, right? And, And look, there was a little bit of skepticism a little bit when the Knicks went all in to get this guy in the summer because you knew, look, it was the worst kept secret that he was going to end up a Nick despite what the crap that Mark Cuban has trying to been selling to people over the last uh, few weeks. But you thought, okay, guy had a great postseason last year when Luka went down, really kind of burst onto the scene, but there, there was a little bit of doubt there, right? Because you said, uh, you know, now it's his team. Now he's running the show. Now, you know, the primary defender when he was on Dallas was always somebody that was guarding Luka, and, he, and Brunson was able to feast, and so on and so forth. Now there's going to be more of an onus on him, and he's going to have a target on his back. There's no way he could, well, did, has he not exceeded every expectation times 100 Because this is his basketball team. And the Knicks aren't here right now without Jalen Brunson. And and I've been saying this all year, and I'm still double down. You know, Julius Randle might be their best player. To me, Jalen Brunson's the most important player. They are not here without Jalen Brunson. And what's happened over the last few weeks, or not few weeks, excuse me, last few games, to where Randle has essentially given you nothing because you want to blame the ankle and whatever. Be my guest. But Brunson's been there. Brunson's been doing his thing, and the Knicks won a playoff series. Let let that register for a second. The Knicks won a playoff series with Julius Randle essentially being MIA. That's how important Jalen Brunson's been. Eli Rockland up next, 98.7. Eli, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Outstanding. Talk to me. Great. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my excitement as a lifelong Knicks fan. The last time I was this happy was 1999 when they went to the finals. That was a very similar in the sense that no one expected that. If you remember, with Tamby, no one expected them to go to the finals. They hit the last shot in the first round. Houston hit the shot at the game number five to take them to the next, uh, next series. And that was the last time I felt so good. Those days, I was a, I was a student in high school. I would listen to Joe Beningo on the overnight. And the excitement that he gave with the New York Knicks. And then I had to go through 25 years of drought. And now here we are. Let's all get excited. Let's enjoy the moment. Let's live it. And let's not forget that if you don't quit and you believe eventually good things will happen, guys, let's rock. Let's continue. Let's enjoy it. Well, Eli, look, I, I, you know, I'm a big believer in the power of positive thinking and all that stuff, but that's not going to win you basketball games, right? Because if that was the case, it wouldn't be 25 years of essentially futility when it comes to the Knicks and what they've accomplished. Fans have wanted it more than anything. Fans have hung in there through thick and thin, but it just hasn't happened. You know what the difference is? They got better players. They're well coached and they got better players. And by the way, 
Because I'm going to keep harping on this. Everybody that wanted Tibbs out of here, everybody that wanted him fired, everybody that wanted the Knicks to go in a different direction, this guy's not good with young players, he's, he, he needs to lengthen his rotation, you know, the minutes are irresponsible the way he's dishing it out, he's going to run guys into the ground, blah, 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 blah. You ready to give this guy any credit whatsoever? Huh? You think that maybe, just maybe, he kind of knows what he's doing? Spending a lifetime in this game? And as I said, it helps having players, man, that know what they're doing. But you still got to be able to put the chess pieces in the right position. And Tom Thibodeau has done that brilliantly so far this year with this team. And it's gotten to the point with Brunson, just piggybacking on what um, the other caller said. You expect nothing less. Right? You really don't. And you think about all the greats, you know, that we have on our teams in this city. You just expect them to deliver, right? Just, hey, it's a new game, new day. They're going to do their thing. You know, when Jacob DeGrom was here, whenever he took the mound, you expected him to go out there and do his thing. Not give up a lot of runs, strike out a bunch of hitters, right? Aaron Judge steps up to the plate. You expect him every so often to get a hold of one, right? That's, that, 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 that's just what he does. And Brunson has just become the epitome of consistency. And maybe even a little bit more than that. And speaking of more than that, we haven't even talked about R.J. Barrett yet. You know, we're half an hour into the show. We haven't really brought up R.J. Barrett's name. Think about what this guy has accomplished. The last three games specifically. You know, he was bad the first two in Cleveland. Really MIA. Found himself at Madison Square Garden. In front of the home fans, in front of the home crowd. And, you know, that's another reason why I thought last night's game was pretty important. You're going back into a hostile environment. You're going on the road. You're facing a desperate team back against the wall. Is he going to be able to carry over the performances from those middle games back out onto the road again? You're darn right he did. Are we seeing this guy grow up? Are we seeing this guy mature before our very eyes? It's one thing to go out there and play well during the regular season, but to do it at this time of the year, that's when you really make a statement. That's when you really got people convinced that, all right, hey, maybe you got something here. And yeah, I know we can revisit June all over again. The fact that there was a decision to make. You know, should they part with R.J. Barrett to bring in Donovan Mitchell? Was it wise giving this guy all the money that they gave him and locking him up? You know, did he really earn that? Or was it kind of just like hoping and wishing and praying that he develops into something that you hope is going to be something special? Well, if the last three games are any sort of an indication, Knicks made the right decision, did they not? And it looks like they got something here. Now, I'm not prepared to sit here and tell you that you know, he's a future all-star or anything like that? That might be a little bit too big of a leap. But what he's doing right now, you take it and then some. Here he was after the game last night with MSG. Man, it feels great. You know, we just, we fought all year long. I mean, we just been playing hard as a team, you know, and then getting this guy right here was huge. So, you know, we're happy and, you know, more basketball to come. And Josh Hart, 47 minutes last night. Essentially out there the entire game. 
Doesn't matter what this team needs of him. Doesn't matter what they ask. The guy just goes out there and gets the job done. So if I would have told you, hey, you know what? Two starters. Pretty much not going to be playing last night because Grimes couldn't go again. And you don't know where things stand with that shoulder. You don't know if he's going to be ready to go even for round number two. And he was struggling, remember, offensively when he was on the floor this series. And then Randall gets hurt again with that ankle. Still find a way. Still found a way to win that game, and they won it comfortably. Right? Comfortably. And let's also give credit to the bigs. You know, Mitchell Robinson made some comments, remember about a month ago, that he didn't think he was being used properly in the offense. He didn't want to just go out there and, you know, get a cardio workout. He actually wanted to contribute. Well, think about what the Knicks bigs in this series did to the Cavaliers bigs. Whether it was Robinson, whether it was Hartenstein, what, and especially last night with Robinson. They manhandled the Evan Mobleys, the Jared Allens. Right, They were the ones that had all the acclaim coming into this series. That was one of the deciding factors in the last five games, is that the Knicks' bigs were too much to overcome for Cleveland. I mean, look at how they controlled the glass. They were plus 18. Plus 18. Offensive rebounds. 17. For 20 second chance points. I, I mean, that's almost unheard of. This is the NBA playoffs. 20 second chance points? I mean, that's like men against boys. Obi Toppin doing his thing off the bench. I I mean, IQ finally had it going a little bit last night offensively. You know, he's had his moments in this series where he was fighting it a little bit. No shortage of contributors. When you talk about this basketball team right now, and it's not, you know, I think what makes it that much more satisfying if you're a fan is that this isn't one of these teams the way Brooklyn was put together. I'm talking about not Brooklyn right now, like Brooklyn, what it was the last few years, like the super team, right? Kevin Durant didn't want to come to the Knicks. Kyrie Irving didn't want to come to the Knicks, you know, and then James Harden showed up and then Ben Simmons showed up. And, you know, that's how they tried to make a winner over there in Brooklyn. And it, they fell flat on their face. Here, this ain't a super team, right? They made wise moves. They drafted smartly. They've developed players, and now here they are, one of the final four teams in the Eastern Conference, like we said. If you're a fan, that's a team that you can get behind, right? Because it kind of embodies the city a little bit, and it's always that much more satisfying when you have a team that accomplishes something that really is kind of out of nowhere. Like, you could have wished, you could have hoped, you could have, you know, in your wildest dreams thought that the Knicks could have achieved these things this year. But right now, you got reality. And why stop? Because the way this team has been playing right now, I I think it would be an upset if they're not in the Eastern Conference Finals. And look, Miami is probably sitting there right now. Guys in South Florida doing a radio show right now, just like I am, they're probably saying the same exact thing about their team in sizing up with the Knicks are going to present in terms of a challenge in this second round. They're probably just as confident. You know, you got a head coach there in Spolster who's won championships and is considered, you know, one of the better coaches in the NBA. Maybe he hasn't had as much talent over the last couple of years, but he still finds a way to get the job done, and so on and so forth. It's going to be a fun series. It really and truly is.
And when you think about what this team has accomplished and what they've given to the city, I, I, I mean, why stop now? Why stop now? Jalen Brunson, what about the resiliency in this group? It starts with uh, holding each other accountable from the coaching staff to the players. I think we all trust each other, most importantly. And um, we get to the point where we have situations like that and um, things aren't going according to plan. And uh, we find a way to um, just find a way to tough it out and uh, keep moving forward and uh, try not to miss a beat. And then there's Donovan Mitchell. Because Donovan Mitchell, he was awful in game four. By his own admission. Try to, he didn't try to hide it. He knew that he needed to be a lot better. And he was better last night. But he wasn't vintage Donovan Mitchell. Not the guy that we know he can be and we've seen before in the NBA playoffs. He was a little bit better. What did he have to think when it was all said and done about his performance in this series? For me personally, I don't feel like I was the player I needed to be for this group. That's what's going to keep me up at night is just I've done it all year. You know what I mean? So I just didn't deliver, you know, like I'm expecting myself to and my teammates and everybody expects me to. And like I said, I, I take that upon myself, man. Like, I got to be better. Got to be better. You know, I, everybody hates when I say that, you know, in the locker room, but it is what it is. You know, ultimately, I got to be better for my guys, man. And He's not the problem for Cleveland. I think, like I said, the bigs let them down more than anything that had to do with Donovan Mitchell. And the inconsistent play of Darius Garland, and the fact that Cleveland's bench gave them absolutely nothing. That was another huge, huge factor for the Knicks in this series. Their reserves outplayed, ran circles around Cleveland's. And that was a a decision, remember, that Bickerstaff made early in the series when he decided to put Okoro on the bench and start Karis LeVert. See, the problem, like, to me, that's almost like... The discussion that we had once upon a time with Josh Hart, you know, and and whether he should be starting and he should be coming off the bench. The problem with putting a guy like Karis LeVert in the starting lineup is Karis LeVert, that's your main scoring threat off the bench. You put him in the starting lineup, who's going to pick up the slack? Okoro's not a scorer. That's not his game. He's a perimeter defender more than anything else. And, And you have that detraction and you feel it when you go up against a team like the Knicks who have guys that can actually put the ball in the basket coming off the bench. But that's for Cleveland to worry about. It's not for you to worry about. You're worrying about the Miami Heat Sunday at 1. Are you get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. You want to chime in there as well. It's funny, Jets. Jets aren't lying. Aaron Rodgers wasn't lying. And we'll get into the press conference here coming up in just a little bit. Somebody asked Aaron yesterday, hey, you know, you're going to be around for the offseason program? You're going to be, you know, OTAs and that sort of thing? And he's like, yeah, how about starting tomorrow? I'll, I'll be here tomorrow. Well... Jets already just put out a video about 10 minutes ago with uh, Aaron on the practice field already taking snaps. You know, he's in shorts and a t-shirt, but he's sitting there throwing quick outs to his old buddy, Alan Lazard. Look at that. Aaron Rodgers throwing passes in Jets gear. <laughs> you ready for a lot of coffee? What's that, this Bob? Year? Are you ready for a lot of coffee this year? Me, you, Ray, Greg, Dan, Dina. Box of Joe? Little box of Joe. Might need box of Joe's uh, or Might box need of Joe. Might have to order dinner. Oh, for sure. A little parm situation. A little parm. Oh, we're gonna have to definitely expand the palate this year. KFC. I mean, look, we were. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been out there the last couple of days, and that's look. It's it, it's everybody knows it. It's like the worst kept secret. I mean, they are gonna have. They're talking about our dinner situation. Well, then, uh, oh, of course, no, the dinner. The... They're gonna have primetime games this year. I mean, the the. 
that scene yesterday for a press conference, it was just, I had never been to anything like that. Not even close. And, you know, this is the NFL, this is the beast, this is the superpower, this is all those things. And, and now on a national stage, like Anthony said, in a couple of weeks, when that schedule comes out, um, invest in coffee if you're a Jet fan come the fall and come September and October and all those things because it is going to be late games. And you know what? That's the price of having a guy like Aaron Rodgers on your team. Uh, We'll get to that to start off uh, the second hour here, but just to finish up on the Knicks. Now we sit here and we have to wonder about Julius Randle. And realistically speaking, what is he going to be able to contribute moving forward? Because you can look at this one of two ways. The good is, Nick still found a way to win. They got the job done, but Randall was not much of a factor at all in this series. I mean, when he was on the floor, he was struggling. And then, last game, he gets hurt again. And then it's your worst thought possible, like, oh, that's it. He's done. He's finished. And in a weird way, you kind of were kind of wishing that that Bucks Heat series was going to go seven games. Because if that went seven, then that means the Knicks wouldn't have started the second round until Tuesday. So that would have bought Randall an extra 48 hours to rest that ankle. And now instead, you know, he's going to have to tape it up, rub some dirt on it, and get out there and get ready to go here for Sunday afternoon. Now, realistically, I don't know what level he's going to be at. I mean, I guess maybe we'll get some sort of an update a little bit later on today from the team as to where he is. I mean, I'm sure they're going to say he's just day-to-day or something like that, but... You know, we saw how he was laboring a little bit in the first round. And when you re-injure the same wheel and, and it happens again, I mean, that that doesn't promote... Look, I'm not a doctor. It doesn't promote healing. I don't know how you can look at that and say that it's a positive. And I think that as long as the Knicks are playing basketball, this playoff journey, that ankle is going to be nowhere near as healthy as it needs to be. Now, is he going to be able to overcome that? I don't know. Because what did we see so far here in the first round? You know, between games two and three, or was it between games two and three or three and four? Three and four. You know, Tibbs actually went out there and and was kind of saying that, yeah, the ankle is affecting his performance. Most guys would have been out a heck of a lot longer. You know, nobody knows the stuff that he's doing behind the scenes to get ready to, you know, get out there and help the team as much as possible. So if he was only playing, like, okay before he, you know, I think you got to temper the expectations. And look, I know how people could be. I know how demanding the fans are, right? If he's going to struggle for the rest of this postseason, I mean, these are things we're going to have to hear about Julius Randle all throughout the summertime, even going into next year, despite the fact that the guy was an all-star and the guy was your best player. And the guy really had a tremendous season. And the Knicks are not even playing basketball still this time of the year if Julius Randle did not have the season that he had. So that is certainly something worth watching. And you know what? Next man up, give a guy like Obi Toppin credit for stepping in and playing really, really well last night. And you think about Obi, I mean, this is a local kid. This is a guy from these parts. And he even talked about it after the game last night, what it means to be someone from New York, having all this success, and being a part of this Nick turnaround. I mean, it means a lot. Um, New York is mecca of basketball, so so I mean, for us to be in the second round, it, we got to prepare for the second round and, and just win that and then get to the next one. But we worried about the next game coming up after 
we find out who's going to win Miami or Milwaukee. Well, now you know that it's Miami. You know that it's Miami. I was thinking about this, too. And, Anthony, you could vouch for this. I mean, shoot, you're wearing the crest right on your your shirt today. Weren't the Rangers supposed to be the team that was built to go deep into the playoffs? Well, we had this conversation on the K-Show, and I told in the pre-show meetings, the very important pre-show meetings, that I thought the Knicks had a better chance to beat the Cavs than the Rangers did the Devils. But you're right. But that's the based Rangers on were expected to go. More. Yes, yes. Well, but the Rangers just, were built to go farther, yes. Right. If you just looked at it from, you know, eliminate who they were playing in the playoffs, just like on the surface, you have Team A in their respective sport versus Team A in their respective sport. Pure star power, Rangers have more star Correct. power. Correct. Yes. Rangers are a team that's supposed to go deeper. Knicks, in a perfect world, like we said, if they win around, gravy. But... One round ain't going to be good enough for the Rangers. If they somehow find out... Well, I don't want to say somehow. If, no, you're right. Somehow. I, I know, because you're very down. If they beat the Devils, that's still not good enough. And if they lose in the second round to either Carolina or the Islanders, like that's not going to be considered a successful season for the Rangers. That's why we look at these things differently. Now the Knicks road is, I wouldn't say much easier, but much easier than what it could have been. Oh, 100%. The Heat is a winnable series. Whereas, if whether it's Carolina or the Islanders, you think that the Rangers will probably have a difficult time with Carolina. They always struggle against the Islanders. We'll see. Imagine if it's two straight rivalry series. I don't know if I can handle that. If you go the Devils, and then you go the Islanders. Think about that for a second. Think about that. This city would be bedlam. It already be bon- is. It, it would be bonkers. Anybody see if 34th Street is still with us today? I didn't even drive by there today. I don't think you can. No, you can't. It's only going to get crazier. Let's just put it this way. If you are, if you have plans to be in the area, in the vicinity of Madison Square Garden on Sunday around between 3.30 and 4 o'clock, I would probably steer clear of that. Just in case. Just in case. Word to the wise. The thing that cracked me up was the one after, um, it was after game three. When they shut down, what was that, 8th Avenue? 8th Avenue and 31st Street, and they like shut down the right lane, and they had like a one-on-one game of basketball with like a whole crowd in the right-hand lane. That was hilarious to me. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was hurt in the making of it. So it was all good, clean fun. That was great. And it's like, imagine as the stakes get higher. Like, what are we in store for next? <laughs> that was that was round one. That was round one, game three, game four. Like, it's it's crazy. Great. Hey, they like their basketball. City likes their basketball. Jerome's in East Orange. He's up next here on 98.7. Jerome, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm doing well. I'm enjoying the show. Um, I enjoyed the game last night. Um, I just want to I just want to uh, take tasks to my friends, man, because, you know, they're giving Julius Randle the business. You know, he wasn't 100%. You know, we would not be where we are had it not been for Jalen Brunson, but we would not be where we are if it were not for Julius Randle as well. So, you know, I've seen over the years, you know, they've done it to Ewing, they did it to Bernard, they did everybody. No, we're not better without him. Let's just let the guy heal. You know, everybody step up, like you said, next man up. You know, and when our guy gets right, you know, he'll come and he'll do what he normally does. But... You know, let's not, let's not, you know, a lot of guys don't want to come to New York because of this, because of this kind of pressure. Even when we're winning, it's still like, oh, we better win. Yeah, but you know, you know what, though, Jerome? Jerome, you're right about that, 
but think about the spoils. And the spoils are that when you are winning and you're in a situation like this, there's no place like it. You're absolutely right. And we're winning. But let's not get down on our guy, Julius. Julius, if you're listening, get right, come back. We need that 25 points, 10 rebounds. And, um, you know, that'll push us even further. We'll be better with you. Yeah, I don't know if Julius is listening, Jerome, but look, point well taken. I think he's got an appointment this morning with the podiatrist. I don't know if they air the show in the waiting room. I think there were some some complaints they used to, and I think they put on Muzak now or something. That'd be funny if they have the show on in the doctor's office, like in the lobby. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, the George Foreman movie's out today. Maybe we should swing by the theater on the way home. I'll limp into the theater. <laughs> oh, we'll tell you about that George Foreman movie coming up in just a little bit. But look, I, I mean, everything that Jerome just said, yeah, I understand. This city demands a lot from its athletes. Demands a lot. You know, you get paid a lot of money, they expect you to deliver. But the Knicks aren't in this situation without Julius Randle. Now, you would like for him to be more, you know, a little bit more healthy, more productive in the postseason. But the Knicks aren't at this point without him. They're not.